Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewan And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. I hope this finds you well. Obehi, thank you for inviting me along. Um, to your podcast. My name is Umbeke. I am an executive and managerial coach. I also am a writer, an author, a trainer, and I've worked within education at different levels and different dimensions over the past 30 years. I am an international um, individual in that I have lived and worked in Ghana, in Malaysia, in Cameroon, in Nigeria, in Dubai, in the UK, and in Jamaica. And I'm very, very blessed and honored to have had those experiences at a time when travel was very open to us. What we will have going forward, I don't know. So I celebrate the experiences, the skills, and the knowledge that I've learned over those years. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's a question of celebrating also the moment because uh, the, the, the moment, like we said, is challenging. So we need to continue to celebrate every moment that we exist because life actually have a lot of blessings. It have a lot of blessings that is in store for us. Uh, I will not let you start until we talk a little bit about uh, where you are right now because you are resident in the UK, but right at this moment you are in Ghana. So give us a little feel of what you are seeing around you there in Accra. We want to hear from home. <laughs> okay, so this is my second time in Ghana, uh, staying for any length of time. So my first visit to Ghana was in the 1980s, I believe. Yeah, in the 1980s, and I am part of a large group of people who call themselves Pan-Africanists, who learned and read about the work of Kwame Nkrumah, alongside learning about um, Fidel Castro, Michael Manley, Maurice Bishop, um, Patrice Lumumba, and others. So at university, I met people who had worked with Kwame Nkrumah. And as an 18-year-old, I was fascinated by the change that these leaders wanted to make. And so within a short period of time of completing my first degree at Sussex, I visited Ghana. Um, Years later, after many visits, I came to Ghana to work as the vice principal of Ghana International School. And I am here now in 2021, visiting, living and experiencing Ghana with all of its amazing opportunities. I mean, Ghana is such a hustle. Um, You cannot be in Ghana and not want to do or try something. It's busy. It's exciting it's hot there are always people moving about if you if you want to avoid people you need to be up and out at 4 30 or 5 o'clock which is when the roads are clear but past six o'clock you're in traffic you're meeting people you're driving very close to people you are you know seeing everywhere chickens crows goats 
um, everywhere. I mean, you're standing up to buy coconut water and a chicken will walk past you in the same way a goat might walk past you or a horse. Um, it's just a lively, vibrant space. I'm in Accra and I've taken the opportunity while I'm here to, to visit spaces that I'd been to before. So I've been to the other largest city in Ghana, which is Kumasi, and up in the north, the third largest city, which is Tamale, which is predominantly Muslim, whereas Accra and Kumasi are more Christian. And that's important because that affects a lot of things that happen in and around the city. But it's the buzz. There is a real buzz. There's a lot of excitement. And the vitamin D that I'm getting every day is crucial because vitamin D is one of those things that our body needs on a regular basis. And while we can get it in capsules from the pharmacy, it's much nicer to get real vitamin D and real coconut water to build my immune system because a healthy body means that I can do anything that I want to do. That is absolutely wonderful. It's absolutely, in fact, for the people that are, for the Africans in diaspora who are away from home now, you are giving them um, a kind of, you are, a, what the Italian would say, you are true seeker, you are just uh, a tight in somewhere that they should, <laughs> they should visit <laughs> home soon, no? Of course, we also, Definitely. we did that, we did that, no? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I saw a colleague of mine uh, who went to, to his uh, country recently. Then I, I told him, hey, so you went home to recharge, you know, to refill the, yes. the, the, the energy. <laughs> yes. It's something powerful. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you also made mention of, um, of Pan-Africanism and, um, and great leaders like uh, uh, Kwame Krumah and the rest of them that have uh, made us to be very proud in Africa. Yes. So you mean you've been following that uh, for, for a long time? A long, long time. And, you know, the interesting thing about being in a place like Ghana is that with my background, so my parents are from Jamaica. I was born in the UK and Jamaica and Ghana have a long, long history. So one of Jamaica's leaders was a man named Marcus Maziah Garvey. And Kwame Nkrumah was incredibly, incredibly impressed by his philosophy and his opinions, um, the book that he, he wrote, one of the books that he penned, and he talks about you know, a pan-African world where African countries trade with each other, where African leaders are, are really independent. And he had the Black Star as, um, I suppose we would call it a logo now, um, but Kwame Nkrumah adopted that Black Star and put it on the Ghanaian flag as a reminder of the connection between Ghana and Jamaica. The result is that Ghana has a large Jamaican community who live here. Some people come straight from Jamaica, others come via the US or the UK where they've lived and worked. And Jamaica and Ghana um, physically have a lot of similarities. A lot of people who come here move to the Abori Hills because it, you know, it's very similar, it's very cool very green, very lush, very similar to Jamaica. But there is, yeah, Pan-Africanism has very much been a part of my life and actions and, and it's how I came to be in Ghana in the very first place and it's how I can be here very easily now. There's a particular perspective that you have to have within life that will affect your actions and your plans and Coming to Ghana is yeah is is very very easy for me very easy. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And at the end of the day, what we are talking about today, which is about uh, mindset, it sort of makes more sense. Because uh, uh, we have an, a, a different channel where we talk about leadership, mainly about leadership uh, based on the interests of the local people. So it's a long mm -hmm. argument. So we, of course, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, invite you on that uh, since you'll be uh, following uh, Pan-Africanism for a very long time because uh, we try also, we have a lot of video on um, on, uh, on Marcos Gave there and many of them have got a lot of view, a lot of comment because of course it is, it's a great personality, not only uh, Kwame Krumah, other African who went to study in the US and also in the UK at the time in, in pre-independence in Africa, they came home with this idea, very uh, important idea that uh, Marcos Gave was promoting. So a lot of them make a lot of uh, a strong impact in their, in their various countries in Africa. So since Africa today is still not free. We are still in the hands of, of those who have been ruling this, who have been running the system and ruining the people. It is very important that the idea that have been promoted by Marcos Gave, uh, we continue to talk about them because people must learn about this idea. Uh, now, yes. <laughs> thank you. And now, I, can I yes, just please, add, Bobby? Can I also add that, you know, we have had great leaders in the past, but we also have great leadership now. We also have a lot of young artists, singers, performers, actors, actresses, poets, who are, who are following the same narrative. They see the gaps in our development. They see that the areas that we need to move into for us to be really independent. And they, they, they bring that message to us in a very different way. So while we celebrate our great leaders, our great political leaders, we also have, you know, our fellow Kutis and his son. We also have Miriam Makeba. We have other artists over the years who have come from different places, but the message has been the same. So whether it's, it's Aisha from Nigeria or it's India Airi from, from the US, the message is the same about ways in which we can develop and things that we need to do absolutely absolutely and and, and i'm i'm already seeing that the energy there we are going to have to talk a, a lot about this particular argument on the other channel by the time we, we come back again because <laughs> there is a lot to to really uh iron out in this issue we need it we really need it so much now uh, coming back uh, coming back to mindset since what we are talking about today is entrepreneurial mm -hmm. mindset. Now, let's look at somebody who doesn't have an idea of what is meant by entrepreneurial mindset. So I want you to give it a definition. What is your own description of entrepreneurial mindset? Please go. Now you're putting me on the spot because I don't know if it's one thing. Um, one of the things that it is, is about seeing an opportunity and sorry, seeing a gap and creating a solution to that gap. Yeah. So for me, that's one of the things that entrepreneurs do. They see a gap and they create a solution to that. Um, an example would be, you know, during this whole pandemic, so-called whatever, pandemic, whatever term you use, there were lots and lots of, of opportunities that were created. So a lot of entrepreneurs who had had a face-to-face -face business saw that they could move their business online. Yeah. Now, that's a solution to a problem. What that solution meant for a lot of entrepreneurs was that they then had a global market as opposed to a local market. So then they then had to look at other ways of meeting 
that global that um, that global need. As a, as a coach, I know that there are a lot of people who need somebody who they can have as an accountability person when they have challenges within their business. In the past, many, 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 many years ago, people may have gone to their grandparents. They may have gone to somebody in the village. But we don't live in those situations anymore. We live in, many of us live in small units. We live in cities. We've taken our, our, ourselves away from large family, extended family setups and models. So having a professional coach who you can go to and who you can set targets and goals with and who you're responsible to is looking at a problem and then having a solution to it. So it's about having the solution to diff a different range of challenges. And in, in your country or your environment, those challenges and those solutions will be very, very different. So my friend who lives in Sudan, um, you know, he always says to me in Sudan, they have had the mobile money platform for many, many years because, because the currency was devalued so much that actually carrying cash around just became impractical. So that was the solution. They have mobile money here in Ghana now, which again works because a lot of people don't want to have it, don't want to have cash with them as they move around. So that's a solution to a problem. So it's about looking at what's happening in the in the environment that you're in and looking at the solutions that you can bring to meet those needs. Thank you very much for that. Uh, I think. Uh, <clears throat> That, that is a point that people really need to pay attention to because uh, when we talk of uh, business now, uh, because this is what we are going to be talking about for the rest of the time that, is we, that we have here in this podcast, it, it's not like we are really, uh, it, it's not just about buying and selling, it's about service. In that somebody need, need a solution, need, have a problem or have a need, you are going to provide the need for the person. Whether you are talking of uh, YouTube, for example, where people are watching this, uh, uh, watching this uh, podcast just now, somebody decided to create it. So me, I put my, uh, through this channel, I'm able to reach thousands of people that I could never have reached before. That is yeah. a service. That is a market. So if you decide to ask for, for, for a price, for payment, it deserves it because it's rendering service to the people. And uh, you correctly also said that uh, looking at the, 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 the moment that we are today, we, many people might consider to be very difficult, challenging. Use any kind mm. of word that you want for it. But some other persons have seen opportunity in this challenging mm -hmm. moment, and that person is profiting from it. So it is very exactly. important that we understand this very basic concept uh, so that mm. people understand that wherever you are, whomever you are, you can do something to help some other persons, and therefore you deserve to be paid. Now, looking at it from this perspective, we mean anybody can actually participate in this entrepreneurial world. We will sort of look at market also. How do you think people should research their market? Because that is a problem of its own. That, that is a, uh, a kind of a topic of its own, being a coach. What do you tell people in terms of researching the market before they start producing? Because if you start producing now without knowing uh, who you are producing for, it means you are producing for yourself because nobody is probably going to need it. Then you are going to consume the goods yourself. 
So how, what do you say about market research? It's important. It's incredibly important. If you are, if you are setting up something within the service sector, so you're providing what you think people need, how have you come to that conclusion? But there are two parts to this. There are two parts. I'm going to go back um, some years ago when website development was very popular. I'm sure you remember that time, Obehi. There was a time where everybody wanted to be a website designer or developer, and people were going to college, they were doing short courses, they were seeing that as a means to an end. I, I, there's a there's suddenly a market, people want websites developed, I would design their, their website. Now, a lot of people who went down that road did not actually have an interest or passion for website development. They saw it just as a means to an end, and they said, I'll become an entrepreneur in this particular area and I provide this service. However, the people who are still in that line of business were people who already had a passion and, and at least an interest in that area to, to keep going. And so when you're looking at a business, one, there needs to be a market for it. Definitely, you have to carry out research. And with you know, our mobile phones, our mini computers, we can access so much information. There's so much data available. And if you don't have the means in which to interpret that data, then find somebody who can support you to do that. There are lots of business consultants out there. There are lots of management consultants. And you can work with somebody to have a look at whether or not the service that you think is important, is actually needed, and whether the, the numbers are large enough for your market. So that's, that's the first thing. And two, do you have the passion, the enthusiasm, the interest, and the motivation to keep yourself going if the business doesn't take off immediately? So I think those two things do go hand in hand. Yes, you must carry out your market research. You must be aware of who else, who your competitors are, what the need is in terms of numbers, logistically, is this something that can be delivered online? Because in this day and age now, almost every business that's being set up has to look at what the online opportunities and options are. And are you in it just for the money? Um, all of our great speakers out there will tell you if it's just driven by money, that may well peter out, that may well fade away. But if you are passionate and it's something that you really want to do, you will keep going and you will get the money as well. Thank you so much for that, uh, Becky. Thank you so much. All right, now, <clears throat> um, because people want to see themselves in other people, I want my audience to see themselves in you. So okay. how did you start your entrepreneurial journey? What has been let's say, um, your guiding light, as it were. So tell us a little bit about you, how you started your own entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so like, like a lot of entrepreneurs, I've had um, different journeys, and that's what's exciting. And also, I've, I've often had paid work and my entrepreneurial journey. And again, a lot of entrepreneurs are in that position um, I've worked as a photographer, which is, was a big part of my entrepreneurial journey. And at one point, my photography work gave me a greater income than my paid 
job, so to speak. Children were born, my photography, my photography work was challenged because a lot of my work involved traveling. And in the UK, where, as I, I mentioned earlier, often we live in like four units, traveling with small children is not always an option. So my photography work um, became less. And at that, at that point, I moved into full-time employment for a while. Right now, I'm working as a coach. I work as a freelance coach and as a consultant. And I do that internationally. So I work with people who are developing educational establishments and also who are you know, modifying what they do. A lot of people have to how they develop, how they deliver education. And I coach senior leaders in looking at the kind of ways they modify and change what they've been used to doing. Um, I do a number of different things, like a lot of people. So I'm also very much into health and fitness. I'm a trained yoga teacher. I've delivered yoga for periods of my life. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about being an entrepreneur is it's very rarely a straight line. It's often a lot of different things that come together at different points in your life. And at one point, one thing may dominate and another point, another thing may dominate. But it's always having either you're either having a side hustle that becomes a full time hustle or having two or three things running at the same time. <laughs> so it's kind of a kind of multiple option at the points, no? Because then definitely. you're going to have to choose which one to give more priority. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, the the research around um, you know, the, the act of multitasking is that generally one thing loses out. And that's why I say within my career, there's always been one thing that dominated. Um, for, the, for the last 10, 15 years, my coaching has been dominant. But I also still do photography. Um, you know, I, being, being a coach is about being a creative thinker. It's about being able to allow people to find their best self. And that comes from being a creative myself. So, you know, the understanding of transferable skills, which have been developed over the years, come into play within my coaching. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely perfect. All right, now, uh, okay, you have been a creative person before. So, put, of course, you have done a couple of studies, um, like, like you already made mention of. And now, let's look at somebody who maybe have done, uh, done some studies, because most of, um, part of our demography, uh, is uh, African city diaspora by extension immigrants? We do have a lot of them in our, in our demography that we are concentrating on. And uh, let's say uh, this is a woman, for example, who came from I don't know which country, but she's living with her husband. She has never uh, worked she's, since the time that she came to the country where she's currently residing. Uh, yes. Even, maybe when, when she was at home, she was working. Because I find that in the course of our research, because we'll be following a research that led to this project for more than five, six, seven years. So in, in our data, we find some people who, when they were at home, maybe in Africa, because that is our main target, yes. they were already teacher, meaning they were educated. They know how to do their things. But they yes. come here through family reunion program, but they just remain at home. They don't do anything other than, okay, I'm not saying that taking care of children is a small job. We are looking at, apart from it's the thing that you're already doing, <laughs> looking for something that can also earn you income so that you can also support the family. 
You see? And you can also have something of yourself, not just for the money, but for the fulfillment, personal fulfillment, where you can say to yes. yourself, yes, that I've created. Now, for those individuals who maybe do not, who haven't got this experience in the recent time, maybe since they've been here, I don't know, 10, 20 years, uh, they have sort of lost uh, the uh, hard to maneuver in the corporate world. Now, we are telling them that, okay, you can still do something. Because we are talking about service. You can still yes. render a service to somebody somewhere and earn money yes. from it. And thanks Definitely. to the God of internet, you don't have any limitation anymore. So to those kind of people who necessarily are not like you, what do you, what do you tell them? In terms of entry into this journey of entrepreneurial, into the entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so I'm going to take that question to the UK because my knowledge of the UK is, is the greatest when it comes to options and opportunities that are there. So if someone, someone is in the UK and let's supposing they have come, they, they, they've arrived in the UK from an African country and they're a fully qualified individual. Now, first of all, the issue of qualifications in the UK as you may be aware, is that qualifications are not always recognized. Yeah? Um, so, Obeni, you may be aware that if you are qualified with a first degree or teaching qualification, you may arrive in the UK with a nursing qualification and your qualifications are not immediately recognized. So that can be disheartening, it can be demotivating, etc. If you are looking to be an entrepreneur, there are a number of opportunities which still exist in the UK, and it's about knowing how to access them. So you have online courses and even online organizations that offer advice. So you can speak to somebody online and say, these are the qualifications that I have. I'm interested in setting up a business, I'm interested in pursuing a business line that I already had started when I was at home. And you can receive a lot of advice and direction as to how to move forward. The person who is, who is exploring this themselves will have to be motivated. They will have to be persistent because one organization may say, we're not the right organization, but you need to contact somebody else. And it may mean following a trail of two, three, or four recommendations, sometimes more, but you will find the person who can get you onto the right track where you can set up a business, where you can follow the laws of the land in terms of having a legal business and an understanding of tax submissions, tax payments, etc., will be given to you via those online organizations. There are a number of them that exist. And really, once you're in the country, you just need to follow through exploring what those options are. Thank you very much for that. I was just re responding to, um, to a comment that is made by uh, a viewer. Who, who said that uh, does it mean that we should uh, ignore the social impediment? Uh, well, anyway, I'm not trying to paraphrase that. I'm trying to say that yes, there are some challenges that are actually are facing uh, a lot of uh, a lot of us, uh, particularly mm -hmm. the, the immigrant, no? 
there are a lot of impediment, like our viewer had just uh, noted, no? uh, starting from languages, starting from yes. uh, culture, and a lot of, uh, a, a, a lot of them, of course, there are, there, are, there are very many. But of course, I stand on the line that irrespective of the impediment that we might have that are there, and they are actually there, positively there, we should never, I repeat again, we should never give up if we believe in something. We must continue to fight for that thing. And when it comes to the entrepreneurial journey, like we are discussing today, this is a journey that in most of the cases, you are fighting a lone battle. Because you are fighting a you are fighting you are fighting a law in most of the cases because yes people are not going to in most of the cases people are not going to support you let us yes take that and and I think I think Obehi you know there are there are lots of um there are lots of people out there who have wanted to be an entrepreneur and they have never taken that journey. And so they don't have the confidence and belief in self. And so they are not the people that you should be speaking to, first of all. Two, it is a lonely journey. And so whatever you're doing, you have to be confident. You have to know how to survive those days when you're feeling as if you want to give up. And some of the ways that I often share with people that I keep the ways that I keep myself going are things like exercise. I exercise every day. Physical exercise produces dopamine. It's a feel good chemical that that is, is, is produced in the body. And it also produces a level of high and motivation, natural high. And your, your energy to go back to researching when, when one door has been closed, your energy to say, well, actually, okay, that door is closed. I'm going to try another one. I'm going to follow through on the recommendation that somebody that I met made to me. You might be in a chat room um, online, a WhatsApp room, and somebody makes a comment. And if that person's comment resonates with the business that you're in or wanting to start, contact them directly. Excuse me, um, I hope you don't mind me contacting you, but we were in a chat together and what you said resonated with me 100%. Would you be willing to have a conversation with me about the business I have started or I'm starting? There are ways in which we can meet and network with people which are always available, whether we're in the same room or we're on the same platform. It's about having the confidence to follow those through because often, you know, they say, if you don't ask, you don't get. And more often than not, my experience of being, you know, an entrepreneur and moving around the world is that when you ask people, the chances are very high that they will say, yes, I can help you. So it's about building up your own confidence and resilience at all times to be able to explore the opportunities that are there that will help you to move your business forward because they are there. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, uh, before we started this version of our podcast, I was doing the solo podcast before in that I pick a topic, then I just elaborate on the topic, which is not in itself even bad, you know? Uh, only that recently we discovered that instead of doing that, there could be a better way to do it. Actually, let's yes. say a different way to do it, which is bringing in some people to speak on issues, you no? Know? Because I cannot pretend I am learning. 
I cannot pretend to know deep most of this subject that we are talking about here. Yes. What I can do is to bring in expert to talk about it. And when I made that decision, I was immediately faced with a problem. This expert, I do not even know them. For example, like you, when I contacted you on LinkedIn, I didn't know you before. I didn't know you were going to say yes or no. But I don't, I don't really care about that. Exactly. There are some people I have written to, they told me, no, I don't take it personal. That's right. There are a lot of impediment everywhere, just to use the word that uh, our viewer have mentioned. There are a lot of impediment everywhere. But we must yes. know that this is a battle. We must continue to fight until we die. There is, yes. no, there is no better way to live than That's continuously right. fight. I don't want to die that I'm coming. I want to die I'm climbing. I want to be up climbing. I don't, have, I don't, I don't want to do any other thing. Yes. All right, now, let's look at this moment, at this self-challenging that we are doing for ourselves. Um, this moment, let's use the right word, COVID-19 lockdown. Has it had any impact on your own business so that we can sort of extend it to other people that are also in business? Yeah, well, yes. As I said, a lot of my work in the UK had been face-to-face, and I moved my coaching to an online offer. And so a lot of the people that I work with in the UK, but also because of my experience of Malaysia and Nigeria and Ghana, I was also able to do more remote work. So it meant that relationships that I had already established were able to, to continue online. Here in Ghana, I've been offering coaching as a, as a coach walking service. So in America, um, in Central Park, a lot of coaches carry out their coaching sessions while they're walking. Now, the, the theory behind the coach walking sessions is that when you walk, you generate more oxygen, you're much more um, tranquil, you're in a, often in a green space, you're away from your desk, you're away from your office where there are endless interruptions, you turn your phone off and you walk and have your coaching session. So in Ghana, I've been offering a walk coaching session alongside the remote session. And so I've been able to continue my business. And for a lot of people, they've had to consider different ways in which they can continue their business. A lot of people I know who are teachers have set up online teaching um, services, their own business. So they um, previously they had been employed, but now they offer teaching online. And again, their, their online service is global. It's no longer in one school or in one region of the world. It's global. And so there are a lot of people I know who work in the coaching, education, um, helping, helping areas, people call counseling, psychotherapy, etc. And they've been able to move their business online. People who provide products also have been able to increase their market by selling things online. And all of these have to come with a good marketing and publicity program as well, because there's no point in having an online service if people don't know that you're there. So for me personally, it's been about I'm available online. I'm also Currently in Ghana, so I'm available for walk coaching sessions. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehe podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehe Ewafo. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.